Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers' 38-29 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, the battle for Pennsylvania. I'm sure there's an actual name, so my apologies to any fans if I don't know what the official name for this game is exactly, but certainly, you know, it's one side of Pennsylvania versus the other. I can tell you that much for sure. Anyway, let's talk first about the winning side. Let's talk about how the Pittsburgh Steelers looked today. Of course, when you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you for the last, uh, what, gosh, so many years, we're talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger. And you know what? I'm going to say that I don't think this is Ben's last year. I think he looks fine. I think he has plenty of fastball coming off the injury. And while he might not be at 100% of his abilities at this point, I certainly think he's in the 90 percentile of them. And uh, he hasn't hit that point that old quarterbacks hit where they can't move around the pocket at all and they go down a lot easier and they lose their fastball. Some of those things are happening to a certain degree, but he certainly has enough to work this team. They've got a lot of weapons and they've done a good job of drafting wide receivers and really filling out their core. And of course, we'll get to the big day from Chase Claypool and what we're going to look at there. But let's finish up Ben. I mean, Ben with the three touchdowns, 239 yards kind of underwhelms a little bit. But, you know, they got up in this game, and I don't think that's indicative of what happened or what's going to happen with Big Ben going forward, especially if these weapons around him can blossom the way they seem to be blossoming. So I'm thinking about Ben as a back-end quarterback one at this point just because he doesn't offer much in the rushing end of it. And uh, he doesn't he's not really one to really fall into the end zone on a QB sneak, although he's absolutely capable. It's just not something he does a lot of. And uh, I just don't see him really producing the high end of the passing yards. So while the offense is better than a lot of the pocket passer offenses has been, and that's going to buoy his value in the touchdown department, I just don't know if I can move Ben any higher than, say, 8th, ninth, 10th in that range. So while you're certainly going to be able to start him on certain weeks, you know, he does have a pretty good division. He isn't really going to bomb out, I don't think, uh, as far as the passing. And I don't think they want to. I think they want to kind of protect him So I think I'd be a little bit concerned about that as far as getting him into the really top end of the starter range, but I do think he's serviceable. And I think if you drafted him where you drafted him, you're probably mixing and matching at this point anyway. So if he's your quarterback too, you're absolutely stoked about that. And if you're able to mix and match him with like Matthew Stafford, if you went two quarterbacks in that same range, I think you're going to be able to see and be able to match those because Matt absolutely has this fastball still And Ben absolutely has enough of his to run this offense and to do things with his weapons and still throw the ball down the field. This isn't a a situation where he lacks the ability to go downfield with it. They're just kind of protecting him a bit, too, if they can help it. Now, Ben's absolutely capable of supporting a couple of wide receiver options. He's shown that in the past, obviously. And I think in this iteration, he's certainly able to as well. Problem is, it's been a little up and down as far as who it's been for Ben in different situations. Now, two weapons obviously emerged in this game. You know, we'd seen a little bit of Chase Claypool, but this was obviously a coming out party for him. With Deontay Johnson out, the last two games, Claypool has really 
increased his snap load and that has really helped Boone his value. Obviously, you know, we got the early touchdown on the kind of fluky tight end sweep play. And while he rocked that play and while he was the subject of that motion for the rest of the game and he got some run off of that, that touchdown was certainly fluky and we can't count on that. However, that was just the start obviously of the day. And you know, certainly that does take away from what James Conner's day could have been, you know, should he have taken the plunge like he did later in the, in the day. But still, that's not something we're counting on for Claypool. What I liked was the targets. He was out there. Ben was targeting him. They didn't have a whole lot of answers for him with his size-speed combo. And people should definitely look, look to him, and I think I would be adding him just especially in 12 team leagues where you have a, especially when you have larger benches on any team where you can afford to kind of wait something out on Claypool, I would absolutely add him just because he did look really good today and he's looked good in the past. This isn't a fluky thing where, Oh, he just happened to fall into the end zone. No, he got open. He ran away from people. He looked fast. He's big. He's so big for his fast. He moved people that size don't typically move that fast. And that's why they were getting looking at him. And that's why Philadelphia was having problems with him. Now you also have Juju out there. James Washington also got the bulk of the snaps, but they're just not doing as much right now. And while I still like Juju and he's probably a buy low when they're able to take the foot off the gas, throwing the ball, they're going to, they're going to protect Ben, which is smart at his age. They're going to try and run the ball. They're going to try and protect him as much as possible. And that may not support all of the options at a given time, which makes them a little bit more dicey than other teams, just because at their heart of hearts, they will take the air out of the ball if they can. Now, a lot of that's for a lot of teams, but still Pittsburgh is more likely than a lot of them to do that with the big Ben coming off the injury and with his advanced age in the football world. Now, like I said, I think I'm buying Chase Claypool. You want to kind of take a look at the matchups and really will want to see more to really declare him this or that. But certainly he has the talent. It's just you got to know he's probably going to be a little up and down. But I do like this offense. I do think it's capable of producing things. So I would be – I think I'm going to be taking a shot on the waiver wire to try and put him on a long bench if I can help it. As far as Juju goes – I don't know if I'm running to make a buy low offer on him just because it has been so up and down with him. And he hasn't looked quite as fast. Maybe, maybe he's lost a half step, but he still looks plenty good. And I think there's going to be bigger the days than this. I just don't know where I'd want to have him starting exactly. And you drafted him so high up to be probably your wide receiver one, maybe your wide receiver two, if you played your cards, right. But hasn't been producing that way on a week-to-week basis. Owners are likely pretty frustrated at this point. So eh, maybe you probe and see where they're at, where their head's at with, with this. But I just don't know how much I would truly be targeting him at this point just because it's been so up and down for them. And they've had some injuries on the line. DeCastro went out in this one. So they haven't had the best of times as far as the line goes but I still like this offense I like for it to produce I just I'm a little wary of all the different options including James Conner but you know what it wasn't because of his health that's the most that's typically what I'm worried of with him is his health but you know what 
he looked fine out there today. And despite the low yardage, he still was the number one back out there. I tell you what, though, I didn't like the way that they used Benny Snell at the goal line for a couple of those touches. So we'll need to monitor that. But really, Snell wasn't successful with his goal line touches either. And Connor was able to kind of jam one home at the end to save his day. I'm not sure where I would be buying any of the Pittsburgh Steelers, really. It's hard to say because they have the weapons, but they're spreading everything out so much at this point. Everybody's so healthy that it's hard to say really where you're going to want to have your chips when you're investing in these players. So I'm still, but if you have James Conner at this point, you're absolutely going to keep starting him. He's probably going to have better days than this. And uh, we just need to kind of monitor them using Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane. He's probably more of a flex if you can help it, but there's been a lot of injuries in running back. So he's probably your running back too. That's okay. But um, hopefully maybe you could try and upgrade off that if you can, because I don't see this being one of the better situations, even though the offense is going to put them in position to score. It's just, I don't know. I don't like the way that they're spreading it out. They usually don't have a committee like this, but they have talented backs. And it's probably better to keep him healthy from a football standpoint. But from a fantasy standpoint, that does hurt James overall. So, like I said, I don't think I'm running to make offers. I might not shy away if he's in a trade and it's something I like on the other something I like in the other person I'm getting, but still. All right. So big day from Claypool. That certainly sapped up a lot of the value there from the other team. So I think they'll probably spread that out a little bit more going forward. But still, I think Claypool is something to monitor. And we'll just need to see that again before we go call him a wide receiver too or anything like that. But still, he has the talent. So don't think it was all that fluky. Let's move over to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, the Eagles have been so up and down and I've had a hard time really placing my finger on really what it is about what they have going on. And uh, certainly, you know, the injuries to the offensive line have really caused some instability and it's really caused Carson Wentz to have to move around more and get hit more than I think he normally would. So the Steelers have a good defense, no doubt. And they rush the passer very well, but Carson was under duress a little bit more than he normally would be in a given year. And I think that's leading to some inaccuracy. He's just not as comfortable and he might be pressing a little bit and trying to make too much happen. And I really don't have an explanation for one of the INT throws, but it just kind of, I'm going to put my finger on anything. It just feels like he's pressing and I don't know what the solution is to that. And if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, that's not something you want to hear. Oh, he's, he's trying to do too much. But, I mean, what, do you, what would you call it? Because I see these throws he does make, and he has a dynamic arm. And he was lighting up the Steelers at certain points. I mean, he's turning Travis Fulgham into a 10-catch, 152-yard performance and a touchdown. I mean, first – That guy did nothing wrong to get that done. But, I mean, Carson was lighting them up with this guy. And while I think he's good, I mean, he looks good out there. He's not T.O. He's not Randy Moss out there. It was Wentz that was doing it for him. He was just peppering this guy. And he hit Greg Ward, too. And really, these are the guys that I'm talking about as as his weapons. They've done a really crappy job of keeping weapons up around this guy. And it's not all the Eagles' fault either. 
There's been a lot of injuries. Goddard, Ertz has to be injured. I don't know what's going on there. We probably need to touch on that more. You got guys that I've never heard of called named John Hightower out there. I mean, it's kind of sad, honestly. And then Arcega Whiteside doesn't seem to have a ton, although he doesn't have nothing. It's just, I don't know. Can't really understand how this happened. I guess when you spend money on Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and they're not out there, that does make a big difference. And you don't have Goddard to run the two tight end sets that you were running. So I could see how there would be a lot of fluctuations in the Eagles and how the Eagles don't even care or would be pissed off to hear me even say that. But I just can't put this all on Carson Wentz. And I know you'd think as an Eagle fan that you would want to have Nick Foles back, but I'm telling you, I've seen this play out and Carson Wentz definitely has more, just hasn't led to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl appearance. So I don't know. I see quarterback value in Carson Wentz, especially when he is able to run the ball at certain stretches. And I do think he'll find the end zone and be more successful. I just worry about his line and I'm worried about the weapons and without, with none of that being healthy and with the line really doesn't seem like it's going to get better at this point. It's probably just going to get worse if anything. So I don't know. I'm not sure where I would have Wentz, and I'm not sure what my comfort level would be. I still think he's probably a quarterback one, but I mean, you know, he probably produced quarterback one value today against the Steelers. So why can't he do it against another team? So I probably would, I probably would leave him alone in that instance, probably a toss up with him and big Ben week to week, but still you have to respect the arm and the throws he does make from time to time. He just makes some boneheaded plays. Sometimes he just doesn't have the best weapons around him at times. So I don't know. I'm having trouble putting it all on him and I'm still trying to believe because I know the talent is there. I just think he's pressing. He's not playing within himself a little bit in terms of like the running. It's also that he's not quite as fast maybe as he used to be, or maybe he's to the NFL's caught up to him a little bit in the running aspect of it. And of course that's how he's gotten hurt in the past too. So there's been a little bit of less of that. And it seems like he's a little bit less dynamic in that aspect of it so far. And that's kind of allowed teams to relax on him a little bit and guard the passes a little tighter. So we'll see how that works out, but I still think Carson has the potential. And I think people that are trying to go to Jalen hurts too early or just, you know, the grass is always greener. So hard to kind of tell what to make out of the Eagles weapons at this point and what's really going to happen. You know, Deshaun was out. Alshon's been out. I don't know if he's coming back and uh, you have Travis Fulgham come in there and just dominate. And it really kind of heated up as the game went on. He wasn't really involved for the first part of it, but then as the game wore on, he kept getting more and more catches. They kept being down the field. He got the touchdown. He had the long 31-yard catch. I mean, it was just all there. And I definitely think you have to pick this guy up as a potential wide receiver one in the Philadelphia offense. I'm not saying it's going to happen from week to week. And this absolutely could be an aberration, but on a deeper bench in a deeper situation where you have some space where somebody that's bottomed out or got hurt, can't think that it take it, it. I can't think that it would hurt to take a swipe at this guy because it didn't look like he was an inferior talent that was just falling into this. It looked like he was getting open. He was converting catches. They were some contested catches and he was making it happen. 
And it didn't look like he had inferior talent to be able to run with the ball when he did catch it. So I, you have, it's, it's kind of like Claypool. You kind of have to take a shot, probably taking a shot on one of those guys. If you're, you know, looking for wide receivers at this point, I don't know which one I would go for first at this point. I think I might look at Fulgham just because there are still more weapons populating the Pittsburgh situation. And I think that Philadelphia will have more comebacks and there'll be a lot more yards to have for the Eagles. Now, Claypool is the superior talent of the two, but we're talking opportunity. And I think the opportunity outweighs the talent on this one. And Fulgham has enough in the talent department to be at least work it worth a waiver shot, which is what both of these guys are. I think unless it was a deeper situation, I'd be leaving everybody else alone and uh, I really need to look further into what's going on with Zach Ertz because he was kind of invisible out there. And I'm, I'm worried that he's hurt. He did take a shot, but it seemed like he was out there the full time. It was just can't believe with the dearth of options in this offense that he's not going to be a part of it. So you spent that pick on him. He's probably been one of the biggest busts so far. I, just, I need to look more into that because he was invisible out there essentially. Somebody that was not invisible was Miles Sanders. Now, granted, that was based on a long run of 74 yards, which made up 80 of his, which made up the bulk of his 80 yards rushing. But that was a dazzling play, and he was able to convert another goal line score. The good thing about Miles, besides he's so fast and dynamic when he gets an open field is that he is the biggest back that the Philadelphia Eagles have. His direct backup is a smallish back, Boston Scott. So he is not going to come in there and try and take a goal line carry from Miles Sanders likely. So it's one of the more secure goal line situations, which is the most important situation for running backs. So Miles has that locked up and Miles is a weapon in the passing game as well. He only had the two receptions today, but they did a good job of keeping him out of the out of there. And he's going to have more. He had more targets. And he's going to have more targets going forward. It's just the way the ball bounced today. Luckily, he was able to convert that long score, which was good. Blo- well blocked, but he had to make that happen with his speed and elusiveness. And he has plenty of both to be a running back number one. I think he's kind of a buy low target despite the two touchdowns because you might see the yards and he hasn't really wowed you yet. He's probably a decent buy low just because even despite the two touchdowns today, just because he hasn't wowed us on a week to week basis yet, but in telling you it's coming and while Philadelphia's line has been an issue, they still have pieces there and I think they're going to be able to move the ball. And I think they're going to need to use miles as a big part of that. So if I have him, I'm not selling him likely at something at a less than full value. And certainly, you know, I think he'd probably be a decent buy low if you're trying to get in on the running back game. I'm going to continue to call it the battle for Pennsylvania. I think that's appropriate. Maybe that's what it's called for real, but regardless, I like both these teams and I, I expect things out of these teams. So we'll see what Philadelphia can actually put together going forward as well as Pittsburgh, see if Big Ben can keep it all together. And uh, I hope this information was useful. I hope you like, listen, subscribe, all those different things. Download especially would be helpful. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day.